Chapter 13 Sarah, a woman who did well. Look unto Abraham your father, and unto Sarah that bare you. Isaiah 51, 2. Even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well, and are not afraid with any amazement. 1 Peter 3, 6. What a happy circumstance it is when a godly, gracious man has an equally godly and gracious wife. It's awful when there is a difference, a radical difference, between husband and wife, when one fears God and the other has no regard for him. What a pain it is to a Christian woman to be yoked with an unbelieving husband. 2 Corinthians 6.14 In a case that I remember, the husband lived all his life indifferent to divine things, while the wife was a sincere Christian woman and saw all her children grow up in the ways of the Lord. The father lived unregenerate and died without giving any testimony of a change of heart. When our sister speaks of him, it is with fearful anguish. She doesn't know what to say, but leaves the matter in the hands of God, often sighing, Oh, that by a word or a look I could have been enabled to enjoy a hope that my poor husband looked to Jesus in the end. The same must be the case of a husband who has an ungodly wife. No matter how much God may bless him in all other respects, there seems to be a great miss there, as if a part of the sun were eclipsed. A part of that life that should be all light is left in thick darkness. Let those of us who have the happiness of being joined together in the Lord thank and bless God every time we remember each other. Let us appeal to God that, having such a privilege so that our prayers are not hindered by irreligious partners, we may never hinder our prayers ourselves. May God grant that we may give unto His name great glory because of His great blessing to us in this respect. Abraham had cause to praise God for Sarah, and Sarah was grateful for Abraham. I don't have the slightest doubt that Sarah's character owed its excellence very much to Abraham. I wouldn't wonder, however, if we discover when all things are revealed, that Abraham owed just as much to Sarah. They probably learned from each other. Sometimes the weaker comforted the stronger, and often the stronger sustained the weaker. I would not wonder if a mutual interchange of their various graces tended to make them both rich in the things of God. Perhaps Abraham would not have been all that he was if Sarah had not been all that she was. We thank God if we, like Abraham, are favored with holy spouses whose gracious temperaments and loving characters tend to make us better servants of God. God does not forget the lesser lights. Abraham shines like a star of the first magnitude, and we do not at first observe that other star, with light so bright and pure, shining with milder radiance, but with similar brightness, close at his side. The light of Mamre, which is known under the name of Abraham, resolves itself into a double star when we apply the telescope of reflection and observation. To the common eye, Abraham is the sole character, and ordinary people overlook his faithful spouse. But God does not overlook. Our God never omits the good who are obscure. You may depend upon it that there is no such difference in the love of God toward different people that would make Him fix His eye only upon those who are strong and omit those who are weak. Our eyes see the great things, 
but God's eye is such that nothing is great with Him, and nothing is little. He is infinite, and therefore nothing bears any comparison to Him. You remember how it is written that He who tells the number of the stars and calls them all by name, Psalm 147, 4, also heals the broken in heart and binds up all their wounds, Psalm 147, 3. He who treasures the names of his apostles also notes the women who followed him. He who marks the brave confessors and the bold preachers of the gospel also remembers those helpers who labor quietly in the gospel in places of retirement into which the hawk's eye of history seldom pries. God does not forget the less in his care for the greater. Sarah was covered with the shield of the Almighty in her life as well as Abraham, her husband. In death she rested in the same tomb. In heaven she has the same joy. In the book of the Lord she has the same record. It would be good for us to imitate God in this, in not forgetting the lesser lights. Important people may not often be good examples. I am sad when people who have been clever and successful are held up to imitation, even though their motives and morals have been questionable. I would rather have people simple and honest than clever and scheming. It's better to act rightly and fail completely than to succeed by falsehood and deceit. I would rather have my son imitate an honest man who has no talent and whose life is unsuccessful than to have him imitate the cleverest and greatest person who ever lived, whose life has become a brilliant success, but whose principles are shameful. Do not learn from the great, but from the good. Do not be dazzled by success, but follow the safer light of truth and right. It's true that people mainly observe only that which is written in big letters, but you know the finest parts of God's book are printed in small characters. Those who only want to know the basics may spell out the words in large type designed for young children, but those who want to be fully instructed must sit down and read the small print of God, which is given us in lives of saints whom most people neglect. Some of the finest virtues are not so much seen in the great as in the quiet, obscure life. Many Christian women manifest the glory of character that is to be found in no public man. I am sure that many flowers that are born to blush unseen, and as we think to waste its fragrance on the desert air, are fairer than the beauties that reign in the conservatory and are the admiration of all. Footnote These quotes are from Elegy Written in a County Courtyard, a poem by Thomas Gray, 1716 to 1771. God has ways of producing very fine things on a small scale. Just as rare pearls and precious stones are never great masses of rock, but always lie within a narrow compass, so very often the finest and richest virtues are to be found in the humblest individuals. A person may be too great to be good, but he cannot be too little to be gracious. Do not therefore be always studying Abraham, the greater character. Does not the text say, Look unto Abraham, your father, and unto Sarah that bear you? Isaiah 51 2. You have not learned the full lesson of patriarchal life until you have been in the tent with Sarah as well as among the flocks with her husband. God does not, by his grace, lift us out of our place. A man is made gentle, 
but he's not made a fool. A woman is made brave, but grace never made her overbearing and domineering. Grace does not make the child so self-willed that he disobeys his father. It is something else that does that. Grace does not take away from the father his authority to command the child. It leaves us where we were, in a certain sense, as to our position, and the fruit it bears is related to that position. Thus, Sarah is ornamented with the virtues that adorn a woman, while Abraham is adorned with all the virtues that are proper and good in a godly man. According as the virtue is required, so is it produced. If the circumstances require courage, God makes his servant heroic. If the circumstances require great modesty and prudence, then modesty and prudence are given. Faith is a wonderful magician's wand. It works marvels, it achieves impossibilities, and it grasps the incomprehensible. Faith can be used anywhere, in the highest heaven touching the ear of God and winning our desire of Him, and in the lowest places of the earth, among the poor and fallen, encouraging and elevating them. Faith will quench the violence of fire, turn the edge of the sword, snatch the prey from the enemy, and turn the alien to flight. There is nothing that it cannot do. It is a principle available for all times, to be used on all occasions, suitable to be used by all people for all holy ends. Those who have been taught the sacred art of believing God are truly knowledgeable. No degree from the most prestigious university can equal in value that which comes with much boldness in the faith. If Abraham walks before God and is perfect, Genesis 17, 1, if he smites the kings who carried Lot captive, if he does such daring deeds as are fitting for a man, then the self-same faith makes Sarah walk before God in her perfectness. She performs the actions that are fitting for her womanhood, and she too is written among the worthies of faith who magnified the Lord. There were two fruits of faith in Sarah. She did well, and she was not afraid with any amazement. She did well as a wife. She was all her husband could desire, and when at the age of 127 she at last fell asleep, it is said that Abraham not only mourned for her, but the old man wept for her most true and genuine tears of sorrow. Genesis 23, 2. He wept for the loss of one who had been the life of his house. As a wife she did well. All the duties that were incumbent upon her as the queen of that traveling company were performed admirably, and we find no fault mentioned concerning her in that respect. She did well as a hostess. It was her duty, as her husband was given to hospitality, to be willing to entertain his guests. There is no doubt that the one instance recorded is representative of her common mode of procedure. Though she was truly a princess, yet she kneaded the dough and prepared the bread for her husband's guests. They came suddenly, but she had no complaint to make. She was indeed always ready to lay herself out to perform that which was one of the highest duties of a God-fearing household in those primitive times. She did well also as a mother. We are sure she did, because we find that her son Isaac was such an excellent man, and, say what you will, but in the hand of God the mother forms the boy's character. Perhaps the father unconsciously influences the girls, but the mother has evidently most influence over the sons. 
Any of us can bear witness that this is so in our own case. There are exceptions, of course, but for the most part, the mother is the queen of the son, and he looks up to her with infinite respect if she is at all someone who can be respected. Sarah, by faith, did her work with Isaac well, for from the very first, in his yielding to his father when he was to be offered up as a sacrifice, we see in him evidence of a holy obedience and faith in God that were seldom equaled and never surpassed. In addition, it is written that God said of Abraham, I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. Genesis 18, 19. One trait of Abraham's character was that he set up an altar unto the Lord wherever he went. His rule was a tent and an altar. Do you always make these two things go together, a tent and an altar? Wherever you live, is there sure to be family worship there? I am afraid that many families neglect it, and often it is so because husband and wife are not agreed about it. I feel certain that there would not have been that invariable setting up of the worship of God by Abraham in his tent unless Sarah had been as godly as himself. She also did well as a believer. That is not a little point. As a believer, when Abraham was called to separate himself from his kindred, Sarah went with him. She would adopt the separated life, too, and the same caravan that traveled across the desert with Abraham as its master had Sarah as its mistress. She continued with him, believing in God with perseverance. Although they had no city to dwell in, she continued the roaming life with her husband, looking for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Hebrews 11:10. She believed God's promise with all her heart. For, although she laughed once because when the promise neared its realization it overwhelmed her, Genesis 18:12, it was only a slip of the moment. For it is written in the eleventh chapter of Hebrews, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed, and was delivered of a child when she was past age, because she judged him faithful who had promised. Hebrews 11, 11. She did well to her parents, well to her husband, well to her household, well to her guests, and well before her God. Oh, that all professing Christian people had a faith that showed itself in doing well! Never let it be forgotten, though, that although we preach faith as the great means of salvation, yet we never say that you are saved unless there is a change worked in you, and good works are produced in you. For faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. James 2.17. Faith saves, but it is the kind of faith that causes people to do well. If there is a faith, and there is such a faith, that leaves a man just what he was and permits him to indulge in sin, it is the faith of devils, and perhaps not even as good as that, for the devils believe and tremble, James 2.19, whereas these hypocrites profess to believe, yet dare to defy God, and seem to have no fear of Him whatsoever. Sarah had this testimony from the Lord that she did well, and if you believe and do well, you are her daughters. Do not be a discredit to your queenly mother. Take care that you honor your spiritual parentage and maintain the high prestige of the elect family.